0: Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast. It's your weekly drop back into Watkin County prep football on the Doug Lang Network at onthedln.com. Now let's hit the huddle with your hosts, Doug Lang, Jeff Bearden, and Tyler Anderson.
1: Welcome to it. And welcome to it a day early. A day early and a dude short, if you will. It is episode nine of the Cover Three podcast. Yours truly, Doug Lang, along with Tyler Anderson from whatcompreps.com. Joining you here, yes, a day early with a Wednesday edition, at least when we're dropping it. Who knows when you're listening to the Cover 3 podcast, which is available to you at www.onthedln.com or on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or if you download the free TuneIn app. You're all squared away. But with games going on in week number nine on Thursday, felt a little bit silly to be, uh, well, doing the podcast in the middle of those games. So a day early for you. And as much as we'd love to have him here, Jeff is unavailable here for us on a Wednesday. Uh, Keep your fingers crossed that all things work out for our game coming up on Friday. And when I say game, I mean game times two. A double header coming up on Friday the 26th. will be at Edmonds District Stadium. It will be Blaine and Mountlake Terrace in the first game. It will be Ferndale and Meadowdale in the nightcap. It all gets underway at 4.45pm and I hope to have some form of a voice by the end of what should be a long broadcast Friday. Double header of football action all coming up on the Doug Lang Network at www. On the DLN.com. All right. There's a lot going on as we wrap up the regular season. There's crossover games. There's playoff games they're not district games but it's to get to the districts there's all kinds of things going on here in week number nine we'll get to that we'll uh, chat by week with linden head coach blake van dalen who's got to be the most relaxed coach in a week number nine in quite some time with a bye uh all that some stats coming up from tyler uh and we'll dive into all of the games and let you hear from all of the coaches but let's get it underway as we kick things off <laughs>
0: Time for the Cover Three Podcast opening kickoff. Oh. Oh, come on, we right, kick
1: right, come on. things off with a look back at week number eight, what we saw, what games we had going on. Um, our game turned out to be a, a trip to old school football, Tyler, in that Meridian. Uh, outlasted Mount Baker in the uh, heavyweight prize fight, thirteen to nine. This game featured as many offensive scores as it did defensive scores. It wasn't settled until you know inside the final minute, uh, and and it really was old school Smash Mouth football.
2: Yeah, no offensive touchdowns until what late in the third quarter? Yeah, thirty seven seconds left in yeah. the third, and so and uh, Mount Baker didn't get on the board until the fourth, and uh, it was. A lot of defense. It, 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 it looked like, you know, two teams that had played each other recently yep. and they adjusted the perfect way on defense, you know, against both teams. Um, and it was it was a lot of defense, a lot of hard hitting, and what you come to expect out of those two teams.
1: Absolutely the case. And uh, one of the storylines, obviously, Mount Baker losing that one. They could have really helped their cause with a the victory there. They end up losing, uh, but it could prove to be a costly victory for Meridian as they lost their stars and starting quarterback in Dawson Logan to a wrist injury in the second half. Uh, he was replaced by Dylan Hickok, more of a running quarterback, which allowed Mount Baker to really kind of uh, pin their ears back, go after him, and, and prevent the run, not as concerned about the pass. We'll have to wait and see what this means for Dawson Logan moving forward. More on that coming up. Squalicum in a shootout, probably as opposite as we could get over Oak Harbor, 43-40. It is a victory for Squalicum on the road. It gives the Storm the championship of the 3A North. Uh, They will now uh, play in the crossover game against the top seed in Snohomish uh, in the South. But, boy, oh, boy, it's not what I expected when I saw those numbers. I know you looked at the tape on this one, uh, as uh, as, uh, Coach Nick Lucy told me uh, earlier this week. We figured out there's a lot of different ways you can win a football game.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, watching it was so strange because what Oak Harbor, Oak Harbor did what they do, they did right. what they want to do. They ran 42 more plays than Squalicum did in the game. Right? Squalicum didn't even run 42 plays in the game. Wow! And so it would be go, you know, just be play, 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 and then Squalicum one play touchdown, and then Oak Harbor would control the clock for about eight or nine minutes. Squalicum returns a kickoff for a touchdown, and what they had to do was just get ahead at the end. And then when they intercepted that pass, yep. that 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 did it. And uh, two
1: league championships in the last three years for Squalicum—pretty cool for Nick Lucy and the Storm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll see where they go as they uh, also cracked the top ten uh, this week in the AP poll that came out earlier today. More on that a little bit later on. C-Hall, uh they come from behind. And in a game that didn't look good for them at the start, and they beat up on Bellingham 54-27. Seaholm got off to a start you don't want. Uh, and, and it was a great first quarter for Bellingham, and, and then roll reversal. Everything that could go wrong for the Red Raiders did go wrong, and Sehome ends up winning it. The city rivalry game has a lot more to it. It ends up now that they'll rematch to move on into the district playoffs, and if you saw it as it went viral on social media, the, the celebration on the field Look, whoever would have won that one, you're gonna have a great you're gonna have a great celebration on the field, and it's gonna be cool because that that storied rivalry between Bellingham and Seaholm had meaning in this game above and beyond just some bragging rights, which was very cool. And we'll see what happens in this next matchup. Uh, regardless of who won, it was cool to see that emotion for two teams that not too recently have been very down or are now back up. I know. I'm trying to remember the last time in that game where
2: the fan base stormed the field. It might have been no. in the early '90s, '92, yeah. '93. Uh, I know they played some great games back then uh, when they were both really, really good. It's um, it's it was it was really cool to see. And with Bellingham, with a 21-0 lead and right. the way they run the ball, yeah, you would think that's exactly what they what they have, what they want. And um, but Sehome, you know, you got to give it to Coach Beeson because his kids they didn't. You know, they didn't look at the scoreboard. They just played. Yeah, and and the thing about Seaholm's offense that I've noticed from week one to week nine now is that every week they've improved. Every, every single week, they just get sharper mm-hmm. and sharper, and everything is just happening better and better. And um, and they just, they just kept the course, and it worked out in their favor.
1: We'll see what happens as the two teams will do it all over again yeah. right back at Civic Stadium on Friday here in week number nine. And finally, how about congrats to Ferndale, a team that many, I think, would say left for dead a couple of weeks ago. Well, they strung together two victories, including last week, 56-26 over Stanwood by doing so. They get into a play-in game, if you will, uh, where they'll end up playing Meadowdale. You win that one; your reward is Eastside Catholic. But nonetheless, you're still shooting to try and get into the playoffs. It's been a nice recovery for Ferndale the last couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, the Golden Eagles have a, a lot of talent, and they just—they just have too much talent to to only have a win or two on the season. And so, and they have a lot of pride, obviously. Everybody sure. knows that. And so, with Ferndale football—you know—they did what they had to do. They, you know, their, you know, their record in on natural grass was a lot better than it was on turf. I don't know if it has anything to do with it. Um, <laughs> the game at Stanwood was on grass. There, right. there are two games that they went home, obviously on nat- on natural grass. They're just big and strong, and and Gator Fox goes off for two hundred and thirty five yards rushing, like he does. And um, it was cool to see the Golden Eagles do their thing and
1: put up fifty six points, which is awesome. We will see what happens. We'll get a a good look at them as they're the back end of our doubleheader coming up Friday on the Doug Lang Network. Oh, you know what that music means. It's not really music, it's just more of an irritating computer hum. That's right. It's time for stats and numbers, which means I go away and Taylor or Taylor, (laughs) Tyler takes center stage. Tyler, what do you have for us here on the stats front?
2: Uh, I think I've been called an irritated computer before. Wow. All right. Cool. Um,. Bryce Camerath, the kicker at Blaine, you know he's got eight field goals on the season. Wow, which is quite yeah. a bit, right? Um, you know, through eight weeks, the the record for Walken County in a season is ten, by Santiago Lopez at Linden. So you're
1: calling for three well, coming up on Friday. You
2: just never know. And uh, Josh Randall and Kyle Sentkowski each had nine, and uh, he's got eight right now, which he's looking pretty good. Uh, Tanner Feinstra, a Linden Christian wide receiver, we saw him in Week One have a great touchdown grab right and he's just been kind of every time I watch the film he just he has one of the best hands best set of hands I've I've seen he makes some he makes some great catches we had over 200 yards receiving in that game against Nooksack second player in school history to ever do that Kevin Bratt had 214 yards receiving in a game against Lakeside Seattle in 1994 um in a Wayback Machine now, Scott Locker. Wow. Okay, Ooh. which we know, we all right. know who Scott Locker is. In yep. 1982, he returned two kickoffs for touchdowns in that season for Ferndale. First time that's happened in school history. 18 years later, Robert Davis does the same thing, two in the season. Only two guys ever do that. 18 years later, this year, Jacob Rossell has done it. Wow! How about that? So, the only three guys to ever
1: do it. I like that symmetry, if you will. Yeah, so in 2036... We'll be looking for another star out of Ferndale to get it done.
2: Exactly, and uh, congratulations to Blaine receiver Chase Absher, who caught his 100th pass in his career. Only the 19th player in Whatcom County history
1: to do so, and it went for a touchdown at the end of the game. There you have it. There's a look at your numbers, stats with Tyler. Right around the corner, we'll preview you all the week nine games featuring Watcom county teams one squad not prepping for an opponent this week linden the undefeated number two ranked lions have a rare bye before they open up the postseason in week number 10 as the top seed advancing out of the sky division they await a matchup against the number four seed remaining after friday's matchups between members of the lake division lakewood and liberty well, I caught up with Linden coach Blake Van Dalen earlier this week to talk about the pros and the cons of getting a buy before the start of the playoffs.
3: Well, it worked out really well. It was a carrot we dangled in front of the kids that you know, if you work hard and take care of business, there's an opportunity for some rest that we uh, will need before the playoffs, and and the kids have earned it. Uh, like I said, we got the day off yesterday. We'll take the day off Friday. We'll get back after it in the middle of the week here and uh it's just an opportunity to kind of fix some things that we haven't been happy with and add some things that we think we're going to need down the stretch so it's uh I'm, I'm becoming a quick fan of bye week that's for sure
4: coach you mentioned uh, getting healthy and we know that jacob kettles is back he, he played the entire game last week against vancouver college you also get cooper brown back as well it's, it's got to be some some nice presents for the coach here late in the season
3: yeah, I'm really proud of the kids that stepped in. Uh, we had a few kids that ended up having to go two ways, uh, and at one point we weren't sure there was going to be a starting on one side of the ball. And so uh, I'm really proud of those kids. We're very excited to have Cooper back for his stake as well as for the team's stake. Nobody wants to spend their senior year on the sideline. And so, uh, yeah, we're as healthy as we've been since uh, week one and, and excited to uh, to build on it. Coach,
4: what does this week look like for you guys? What do you do? It's obviously different in that you're not preparing for a specific. So you know who you may end up facing. You know the group of teams, what the possibilities are. What do you do with this week where there's not a a target, so to speak?
3: Yeah, so we put together a package of, of things that we may need to use next week, and so we get a little head start on working on those kind of things. Like I said, we get a chance to fix a few things that we haven't been happy with and overemphasize those in practice, which is a luxury that you normally don't get. You're usually dialed in on specifically what you need for that week and who you're playing. So it's a really, from a coaching standpoint, a cool opportunity to really uh, stretch ourselves.
4: Coach, obviously the games that are going to be going on on Friday will dictate who you end up playing. I imagine you have a, a plethora of uh, scouts heading out to uh, all the different matchups to get you guys prepared?
3: Well, yeah, with all the different combinations of teams that we could be playing, um, we'll still trade film with everybody like we always do if it's nice off the ball. There's not a lot of secrets, but we also want to have eyes on everybody because there's just nothing like watching someone in person and getting a feel for them.
4: Coach, obviously from a Whatcom County perspective, uh, you know, whether you're looking at a home or a Bellingham or a Blaine as a possible opponent next week against Linden. That's obviously the County fans would love that. How odd is it to be heading into the postseason that a matchup against either one of those teams, you haven't played them. You're used to playing them uh, in, in years past on a regular basis and kind of knowing what you're in for should you guys meet once again in the postseason, a little bit different this time around.
3: Yeah, you know, we're still part of the same league, even though it's the sky and the lake, so we all have the same – film pool and so we share film and so I'm sure they've kept an eye on us we've kept an eye on them their coaches have haven't changed over the last two years anyway and so I can't imagine their schemes are going to be drastically different um so th- there's a little bit of familiarity but that it would be the first time against uh, any of those guys and so uh this is kind of how the system was set up and and and, and we'll just play whoever shows up in front of us Blake, obviously
4: a bye is a great thing to get healthy and kind of work on some different things and and kind of reward your team. There's also that concern that you go up against a team that's riding some momentum into week number 10. How do you kind of avoid a a letdown, if you will? Because you know know, as well as anybody, football is kind of a game of rhythm of when practice is and when the games are, and sometimes it can kind of throw you off when that schedule is thrown off.
3: Yeah, and I think the biggest thing that we focus on is, is things you can control and things you can't. We've had trips where we've driven all the way to Spokane for a playoff game, getting up at 4 in the morning and driving back the same day. Um, we've had, like, even this year in practice schedule, we've had lightning. We've had smoke. We've had So we kind of take it under that vein that you focus on what you control and the things you can't, like a week off, if you will, and, and not playing and then playing a team that did play. You just focus on what you can control, your job on that play, uh, your assignment on that given um, call, and and try and simplify it so that we're ready for basically any situation, good bad or
1: otherwise that's linden coach blake van dalen he is enjoying a bye week a week off for the lions they'll open up the postseason in week number 10 Do up next we'll look ahead to the week nine matchups as the cover three podcast continues right here on the doug lang network at www.onthedln.com
0: The prep football season is underway and we've got you covered on the Doug Lang Network. Hit, hit, Listen to our game of the week as we follow the gridiron action in Watkin County.
1: It's Blaine versus Mount Lake Terrace, Friday, October 26th. Coverage begins at 4.45 p.m.
0: Listen live online at www.onthedln.com.
1: Welcome back to it. You're listening to the Cover 3 Podcast. It is right here on the Doug Lang Network at www.onthedln.com. It's also available to you on iTunes. You can also get it on Stitcher Radio or just download the free TuneIn app. Search for the Doug Lang Network and you're all good to go. However you are listening, we thank you for doing so. It is an early edition of the Week 9 or Episode 9 Cover 3 podcast. A day early because of the games going on on Thursday. And as uh, happy as we are to be doing it a day earlier, we are not happy to be doing it a dude short. It is Doug Lang with you, along with Tyler Anderson from Watcompreps.com. Our compadre, Jeff Bearden, unable to join us here for the episode number nine podcast. We will forge on, still to come, what everybody's clamoring for three pesky questions. That's right, three questions which really will focus a lot on Tyler right now because i just plain and simple. Jeff isn't here, so uh, as I always try and do, I try and do my impression. Yeah, bub. I'll, uh, I'll answer that. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Uh, but uh, we'll get to that uh, right around the corner. We'll break down our doubleheader. That's right, not just one game of the week, but two games of the week. Coming up on Friday, Blaine, Mountlake Terrace, followed by Ferndale taking on Meadowdale, all at Edmonds District Stadium as I return to my old stomping grounds. And uh, we hope to have you listening along. It all gets underway Friday, the 26th, 4.45 p.m. with the pregame show at www.onthedln.com. Let's jump into the Week 9 games as we get things underway. All righty, we have Thursday games this week. That's right. Linden Christian at Meridian at 7 o'clock. LC 6-2, Meridian 6-2. The difference here, it's a 4-1 Meridian squad, a 3-2 in conference play. Lynx squad, the two teams will square off in Laurel with the 1A Northwest Conference title on the line. A Meridian victory will claim the crown outright. A Lynx win could make them co-champs depending on the outcome of what happens with Nooksack Valley at Mount Baker. The Trojans, coming off of a 13 to 9 win over the Mountaineers in Deming last week, it could prove to be a costly victory as we mentioned earlier. Star QB Dawson Logan lost for most of the second half with a wrist injury, and that changed really the dynamics of the game. Dylan Hickok did a great job of coming in and and, and holding down the fort, so to speak. But he is a running quarter. He's a running back in the quarterback's position. He's not a passing quarterback.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's an awesome football player, a great kid, 4.0 student, super super smart, great baseball player, so I'm sure he can throw the ball. Yep. But he's never played quarterback, and so he did a great job. You know, he, his first drive, he had some big runs to lead him to that first touchdown. So, but, you know, Baker kind of felt him out after a while and noticed, okay, he's he's just going to be running the ball. But um, it was a little too, little too late. But Hickok, he's a great athlete, you just never know.
1: We have no official word on Logan's status for this week. If he can't go, as we mentioned, they would turn the duties over to running back Dylan Hickok, who filled in last week. Tyler spoke with Meridian coach Bob Ames about Hickok during our post-game show last Friday. Dylan
2: Hickok, you know, he's already a a kid that's a great kid, smart kid, plays a lot of different positions. He just added another position tonight. Um, How do you feel about how he took control of uh, doing what he had to do for you on offense, having to step in at quarterback.
3: Dylan will do anything you ask him to do, and that's just another another thing that he had to do, and he did the best he could.
1: On the other side, boy, the real reverse of this. LC got their starting quarterback back in Trajan Scouting. They thumped Nooksack Valley 41 nothing last week, and Boy, we've talked about it earlier or many times this year of what a wealth of riches LC has that Bryce Bauman was able to step in, do a great job at quarterback, but then you get Trajan back. They even, I think, allowed him to rest one more week just to make sure that throwing shoulder was fine, and he looked great.
2: Oh, Scouten looked awesome. I mean, he threw for over 300 yards. Um, man, he, he looked really, really good. I think it might have been four touchdowns as well. And allowing Bauman to just focus on defense right. as a strong safety – uh, really helped, you know, because they got the out as well. well.
1: And same thing, scouting just gets to focus on offense right. and, and gets to talk to the offensive coaches when the defense right. is out there. Uh, that's a huge advantage yeah. for teams that, that only have their, uh, a handful of their players only go one direction. Right. Uh, uh so continuing on, Lynx looking to avoid a season sweep by the Trojans. Coach Dan Kamick knows they won't see the same squad, though, from the first game.
5: Uh, I'm always amazed offensively at the volume that they, they do. I mean, they run a ton of formations, um, often the same play out of just a different look. And so they get your kids to kind of move around and be in different spots. And then they're good at seeing what they have available, and they'll take their shot. So. You know, we know what we're up against. Uh, we're excited to play them. You know, that's as good a opponent as you know we've seen all year, and so we're going to do our very best against them. But you're right. I mean, it's it's a challenge from a from a standpoint of getting your kids ready. But uh, you know, we feel our kids had a good day yesterday, and if we can put together a couple good days the next couple,
4: that gives us a really good shot.
1: Big storyline will be who will be at quarterback for Meridian and whether or not Dawson Logan will be wrapped up. It was the non-throwing wrist or non-throwing hand wrist injury, and we'll have to wait and see. Once again, Thursday, 7 o'clock in Laurel, the last meeting between these two teams. Meridian won it over LC 35-20 back on October 5th. Another Thursday affair. Nooksack Valley, 3-5 overall, 0-5 in conference play. will visit Mount Baker, who's 5-3, 3-2 and and in conference action. It'll be senior night in Deming. Mountaineers playing host to the Pioneers. Coming off of a four-point loss to Meridian last week, Mount Baker needs a win over Nooksack Valley and a Trojan loss to Lyndon Christian to create a three-way tie atop the Northwest Conference 1A that may force a Saturday tiebreaker. I say may because who knows what ends up happening there and we'll have to wait and see. But then you you would have the scenario where one of those teams would play the Thursday-Saturday Kansas tiebreaker and then as the three seed move on to play on Tuesday. Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday. I know there's some concern with the coaches saying, you know, hey, is there any way... Maybe we don't have to play those Saturday games. We'll have to wait and see what they do. That's a tough stretch to ask your kids to do.
2: Yeah, you you know, in your interview earlier with Blake Van Dalen, it's about this, this uh, yeah, well, two things. It's about the bye week, which obviously is com- completely different in this situation. Right, right. And uh, and also it was about, uh, you know, getting used to the same kind of routines right. over and over again. This is a completely different thing. So it would be really, really tough to do that.
1: Um, I don't wish that on anybody. I asked Mountaineers head coach Ron Lepper what it's like prepping this week for a game on Thursday, a possible Kansas tiebreaker on Saturday, and maybe a Tuesday play-in game if they should fall down to that third seed.
6: Well, most
5: importantly is our game Thursday with Nooksack. You know, we can't overlook those guys. I mean, they, you know, I know that they've they've been on the short end of a few games, but they still have a lot of um, potential. You know, they got some firepower in the quarterback and receivers and stuff, and so we got to make sure we're ready for that. and. Um, but at the same time, though, you got to be honest with your kids. Say, hey, listen, there's a possibility something could go down on Saturday and and you know ne- early next week. But you know, want to put that on the back burner just so you know, if you had plans to go, you know, to go to the prom or go to a movie with your girlfriend, you might not be able to do that at that time. But uh, you know, Thursday is our focus right
1: now. I'm sorry, Coach. I'm going to the movies with my girlfriend. I don't think that would go over huge with Coach or your teammates. Uh, Nooksack Valley out of the playoff race and still looking for their first 1A conference victory. Pioneer coach Rob Meyer says his group is excited to finish the regular season strong and gave us a key or two versus Baker.
5: We're going to have to spread them out well. I think their defense starts with their two defensive tackles, and our game plan has got to be to get those guys a little bit tired and get them running side to side. With that, uh, we're going to have to throw our teeth, run it well inside and outside, and uh, pick on the edges as much as we can. So, our off in it to be able to do that. Now it just comes down to execution, um, walking on the edges, good pass walking. Weather can only play a factor in this. But uh, I think, that, like I said, our kids are uh, excited about the game. I think we're going to put our best foot forward and
3: see what happens.
1: Pioneers are expected to play a Week 10 game against either Sultan or one of the Lake Division teams that loses on Friday. The last meeting between the two teams, October 5th, Mount Baker winner over Nooksack Valley, 55-21. to on to Friday matchups. Lummy Nation hitting the road. They're at Darrington. Lummy 4 and 3, 2 and 3 in conference play. They'll take on a Darrington team 2 and 6, 0 oh 5 in conference action. Blackhawks looking to finish the regular season on a high note by getting a second victory over Darrington on Friday. Lummy fell to Nazel 54 6 on the road last week. Darrington. They're looking to break a five-game losing streak that includes a 64-34 loss at Lummyback back on October 4th. Blackhawks coach Jim Sandusky says the key will be stopping the rushing attack of the Loggers. I,
6: I think definitely stopping their run game and then being able to uh, uh, be able to throw the ball on, uh, on them a little bit is probably our best chance to move move the ball. But uh, you know we got a few wrinkles in that we're going to throw at them, and so. Uh, You know, we're excited to to play this game because we've got to get better here quick. It looks like we will have a first-round bye in the playoffs, win or lose that that game, but uh, we'd definitely like to take the the higher
0: seed if we can get it.
1: According to the coach, Lummi Nation will either be a two- or three-seed when they open up the postseason after the bye, November 9th or 10th, in the 1B quad districts. Moving on. Squalicum seven and one, five and one in conference play at Snohomish six and two, six and zero in conference play. Seven o'clock at Veterans Memorial Stadium in Snohomish. The Storm hit the road to battle the Panthers in a matchup of the top squads out of the West Coast 3A North and South, respectively. Squalicum coming off the aforementioned 43-40 shootout road victory over Oak Harbor. It was the fifth victory in a row for the Storm, who cracked the Associated Press Prep Football Top 10 this week at number eight. It's nice to see Squalicum there. Uh, we've watched them all season long, and they just continue to get better and better and better, and and I thought it was apropos. I, I mentioned to you that, that Coach Nick Lucy said we're just figuring out different ways to win ball games because they did have to win a shootout, and as you mentioned, it was a lot of Oak Harbor grinding clock, and okay, we got to strike quickly, and they did yeah they L- squalicum's
2: got they just they, they can do so many things so well you know i mean when, when i think of the most well-rounded team on in all aspects squalicum and linden are the two teams i i think about and and squalicum has just been getting a little bit better and a little bit better they're finding pieces they're they're still kind of moving things around to find the right pieces guys are getting healthy at the right time on the on the line and uh they just they just look like a force right now, and it is really cool to see them ranked in the top 10 where they belong.
1: They will have a tough team to go up against. After dropping their first two contests, Nahomish has won six straight, including a tight 44-38 victory over Meadowdale last week. The Storm and Panthers share one common opponent in Marysville, Pilchuck, The news isn't good for either. The Tomahawks beat Snohomish 63-34 in the season opener. Squalicum fell to Marysville Pilchuck 20-14 September 14th. Storm coach Nick Lucy says they have to be focused on stopping running back Tyler Messina.
4: You know
6: what? They they are a lot of fun to watch on offense. Uh, They run the ball really well. They got uh, one running back who is just lightning in a bottle. Boy, you better contain him. Offensive line does a great job blocking things up. They're, you know, going to be a formidable task. And, uh, you know, on the defensive side of things, they present some different looks, different problems. So we're going to have to get ready for a lot of different things this week.
1: With a win, Squalicum would play the Metro League number five team next week in the district playoffs. A loss, giving them the two seed, would pit them against the South Sound Conference number four seed. Moving on. Seahome at Bellingham. Sounds familiar. 5-3, and 4-1, and one. both teams, same records. One more time, the Mariners and Red Raiders will square off again just a week after Seahome rallied from an early deficit to beat Bellingham 54-27, a loser-out contest with the winner playing either Lyndon, Archbishop Murphy, Burlington, or Cedro Woolley next week in the districts. I don't remember anything like this in recent history. It just doesn't really happen that often it's got to be awfully weird to prep to play again you don't even change locales it, it's it's just a little bit weird that they're doing it all over again yeah i believe uh
2: nooksack and meridian did this in the in the mid 2000s um it was just a boom boom and it was, i think it was within six days i don't know if it was the same location but it is weird yeah and um and a, a, and I'm sure you know a group of sixty kids that know each other very well. Sure. And um, there's no love lost between yeah, the two teams. I think right. that's
1: I think that's fair to say.
2: Sure. And you know and I mean it's it's so hard to beat a team twice in the season as, sure. as we found out in the 1A's. but um, you know the way that the game ended on such a, I mean they went on a fifty four six run. Right. You know if somehow they can just kind of keep that confidence. Then Sehome, you know, has the edge, but Bellingham has a lot to prove. Sure. So it's just yep.
1: one of those games where uh, it should be really good again. Red Raiders head coach Ted Flint says his team started off strong last Friday, and then it was a perfect storm of everything that could go wrong after that first quarter. So, what's the plan a second time around?
6: Yeah, well, obviously, you can't make huge changes this far into the game because the you're used to doing what we're doing, and uh, but we have to obviously make some little adjustments. Um, and and we, what we, honestly, what we've been talking about the most is, is uh, you know, staying patient and staying calm because I think that's one of the biggest things that got us is we uh, we got a little uptight and a little nervous and, and started doing things that we weren't used to doing because of it, and then that just snowballed out of control. So
1: the Mariners. Dominant running the ball last Friday, but what does Coach Kevin Beason and company have to alter for another game just a week apart?
3: Yeah, we're trying to. Uh, you know, we look at some. We try to figure out what worked for us and how we want to strengthen that, and also how we think Villanova is going on, to adjust to those things that worked uh, well for us, and uh, we'll do a chess match there. You know, we want to come in prepared to. Uh, Counter how they're going to counter us, you know, and then uh, the adjustments they're going to make, I'm sure they're going to make some in, in different areas. So, uh, you yeah, know, uh, preparation—that's all we do here, and you know, we keep doing what we're doing. We're not going to change our identity, but we need to be able to be prepared to adjust on the fly.
1: Bellingham and Sehome one more time at Civic Stadium. Winner moves on to the district playoffs. A note here: one to a contest is already in the books, and it has a team heading off to those district playoffs. According to the Everett Herald, Anacortes has forfeited to Lakewood, citing player safety concerns for the squad that has played with less than 20 players on the roster for almost all of this season. The Cougars advance to district play next week. Uh, obviously frustrating for well, all parties involved. Uh, Anacortes, uh, Lakewood, and if you're one of the other teams that has to play a game to move on to the districts, you're you're not very happy about it either way. But there, you were at a game, and I think you told me you counted up 16 players on the sideline. Yeah, for Anacortes, that that safety concerns. It, it, it sure. just can't be done.
2: Yeah, I mean they're 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 doing the right thing, and when you can't practice 11 on 11 during the week because you don't right. have enough kids, right? That's really really hard, and so. You know they did they did the right thing and um, and Annacortes they got such a great basketball and baseball uh, tradition that I'm sure if they can just get the athletes out they'll be back in football.
1: All righty, two more games left to preview and we've got them both for you Friday from Edmonds District Stadium on the Doug Lang Network. We'll preview our Blaine Mountlake Terrace and Ferndale Meadowdale doubleheader next on the Cover Three Podcast.
0: The prep football season is underway, and we've got you covered on the Doug Lang Network. Listen to our game of the week as we follow the gridiron action in Whatcom County.
1: It's Ferndale versus Meadowdale, Friday, October 26th. Coverage begins at 7.45
0: p.m. Listen live online at www.onthedln.com.
1: Welcome back. It is the Cover 3 Podcast... On the Doug Lang Network at www.onthedln.com. It is also available to you on iTunes or the TuneIn app. You can download it for free. Also on Stitcher Radio. So glad to have you listening along. An early edition this week in uh, week number 9 for episode number 9 of the Cover 3 podcast with the Thursday games. We decided to jump into the studio just a day early. Doug Lang along with Tyler Anderson from Watcompreps.com. Jeff Bearden unable to do the show with us today. Keep your fingers crossed that all things work for our doubleheader coming up on Friday. What a perfect transition, if you will, into our game of the week or games of the week. We've got two of them. It's a doubleheader all going on at Edmonds District Stadium. We'll start with game number one.
0: The Doug Lang Network Game of the Week.
1: The Blaine Borderites take on the Mount Lake Terrace Hawks on Friday. Coverage beginning at 4 45 p.m. at www.onthedln.com.
0: Breakdown.
1: It is time to break it all down. It is Blaine versus Mount Lake Terrace. Borderites 4 and 4, 2 and 3 in conference play, taking on a Mount Lake Terrace team that's 5 and 3, 4 and 1 in the conference. 5 o'clock the kickoff at Edmonds District Stadium in lovely Edmonds. And you're home of Edmonds High School. Don't mess with me on this. Uh, it's our first It's our first game of the doubleheader, and the Borderites get a chance at revenge. The Hawks blanked Blaine 40 to nothing three weeks ago in the same location, but Blaine is a different team right now following back-to-back victories over Cedar Crest and Anacortes. Yeah, I, I
2: remember watching that game, the first game against Mount Lake Terrace, and it just... Something was off. I don't know what it was. I mean, a 5 o'clock game, far away. The weather didn't look great. And now it's the same place. It's a 5 o'clock game. right? So they better, you know, and I, I just can't imagine it being the same way. I mean, Coach Dodd will have it all figured out. And and the kids have to have that in them saying, okay, this is our chance. This is our chance. This is what right. we believe in. Um, you know, that's the mantra in Blaine right now is we believe. I see it all the time living in Blaine. And, um, and they just... And, if, and the quarterback, William McKinney, has looked really good the last few weeks. And if he can just stay confident and get rolling, he's got great weapons. Derek Machula's healthy now. He's yep. playing that game. So, uh,. I expect a really, really close game, and it'll be exciting to be there.
1: Yeah, Coach Dodd di- did say he thought that uh, Will played his best game of the season uh, this past week in their victory. Uh, speaking of Coach Jay Dodd, he said the loss to Mount Lake Terrace was a low point that led to a full team meeting after the game. With some changes to practice and preparation, the borderites have found success. We've had
6: two back-to-back weeks, and, and some teams will say, well, your, your competition hasn't been all that great, but uh, I'll say that our energy level, our excitement level, our competitive, our mental toughness uh, has, has, has all uh, changed a lot since that night. Um, and like you said, we, we do had a meeting there, uh, right there in that locker room, and right there inside of that stadium and and, uh, you know kids got to talk and you know I think coaches uh, we did a good job of listening you know and and, and letting them speak and and hearing what they had to say and and to be honest with you they wanted to get after each other and practice a little bit more they wanted to have more contact Uh, they wanted to to push themselves mentally uh, in practice and and compete harder and then what a lot of changes is how we prepare for a game on game day you know uh, uh, it takes a lot to to get mentally ready to go to compete and, and, and 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 play your tails off and, and, and uh especially the sport of football. Uh such a physical game and and uh you know you kinda gotta you know have a little attitude when you play this when you play this sport. So uh getting ready mentally to do that uh, you know takes some time and, and uh takes some preparation and so we definitely change the uh about two hours, three hours before before we kick off. We change what we do um, you know, after that Mount Lake Terrace game to, to get ready to go and, and uh our kids have been ready to go the last few weeks.
1: Mountlake Terrace has won five of their last six games after stumbling out of the gate with losses to Mercer Island and Ingram. What does Coach Dodd expect to be different in Friday's rematch?
6: What we do differently is we just you know approach this game a lot better. Uh, you know we get ready to go at five o'clock and, and, and you know mentally prepare ourselves to to, to compete at, at the highest level. Uh, and then you know just just simply just watch that game over and over and over again. Watch what we did just three weeks ago and. And, and, and watch the mistakes, but, you know, more importantly, don't dwell on them, Let's correct them, uh, and, you know, how many opportunities do you get like this where, you know, you get embarrassed, uh, you're down 27 nothing, or had a halftime, you lose about 40 points, um, you know, and, and you get a chance to, to to redo it just three weeks later, you know, same team, same stadium, same locker room, same time, I mean, uh, it's really, really a unique opportunity that we're really excited about. Cause it kind of shows what kind of man you know what kind of men we have uh, and what kind of team we are what kind of program we have where if you can you know bounce back and and, and uh, you know have a different outcome uh, it really shows a lot about our character
1: I'm excited to see it uh I really like the way Blaine's defense has played all season long even in losses the defense has kept them in it late into ball games Mount Lake Terrace has kind of an explosive type of offense it should make for a good matchup
2: Yeah, I definitely love Blaine's defense. And that's been kind of the knock on the border rights the last handful of years is boy, they can score a lot of points but they're just giving up too many. Right. And this year, you know, I remember in the preseason Coach Dodd was talking about how he's got so many types of kids that are the kind of kids that swarm to the ball. A lot of these linebacker bodies that that can get after the quarterback and do different things and run sideline to sideline. So the defense is there. The offense is slowly catching up. They're moving things around. They put Jacob Westfall at guard, which has really helped the offensive line in the running game, finding Alex Mercado to be another running back. And uh, hopefully they're just peaking at the right time now.
1: That is Blaine versus Mountlake Terrace, the front end of our doubleheader, getting underway at 445 on Friday. Time to move on to the nightcap.
0: The Doug Lang Network Game of the Week.
1: It's Ferndale versus Meadowdale Friday at 7:45 p.m. Here at www.onthedln.com.
0: Breakdown.
1: That's right. Time to break down our second game as we turn to the three A ranks. As the Golden Eagles will look to get their third straight victory and advance to the district playoffs, they'll have to beat a Mavericks team that's trying to snap a two-game losing streak. Ferndale beat Stanwood 56-26 last week, racking up over 480 yards, rushing against the Spartans. Golden Eagles coach Jamie Plankovich says his team has received a big boost with the return of Jacob Brusell from injury.
5: Well, he really is our big play guy. Um, he's just got uh, you know, tremendous speed, and, and uh, he's had two kickoff returns in the last two games. So for touchdowns, that's uh, uh, great when you can come out of the gate and do that those things, so uh, he just adds that big play element, and then that makes people not be able to sit on uh, Brian and, and Gator as the only two guys that can do something, so, um, and then Sequoia's really done a good job within our passing game for, especially for somebody that hasn't, uh, that hadn't played there until this year, he's he's done a, a phenomenal job of uh, taking the play action stuff and, and making things happen, we also, we had some big plays in the passing game Friday, which and then gets people out of the box and opens things up for for our other guys.
1: Getting Broussel back has been huge for Ferndale. Plankovic mentioned the two kickoff returns. In fact, that's the first time he touched the ball in the first game back. Two weeks ago, he took it to the house it does it it changes the dynamics you can't just load up against EB and Fox
2: yeah Brosell's a kid that I I put together a preseason all-county team and I had him as a first team running back I expected huge things out of him right it's too bad he got injured now that he's back it really shows what he can do it you know it doesn't surprise me at all and he's so dynamic I remember when I tried to get a picture of him during a during the, pre-game, or during the pre-season, it kept being blurry, and I told him it's because he's too fast. <laughs> I, he can't even stay still, and, and uh, he's been great to watch, especially with that wing back with, with those, those reverse-type plays. Oh, man, he can break a play wide open.
1: Despite the recent losses, Meadowdale, they've got a lot of offensive weapons. Uh, just ask Coach Plankovic, who scouted the Mavericks for us.
5: Yeah, they're certainly uh, by far the most advanced uh, passing team we've seen. They've um, run a ridiculous amount of route combinations, so um, anything you can think of, they've run at least once in the last four weeks, so uh, we're gonna need to make sure that we're sound uh, in what we're trying to do. We won't, it's one of those weeks where you, you won't be able to practice against everything that they've shown, which uh, uh, most weeks we're at least able to show our kids in, uh, in practice at least everything they've done one time and focus on the things that they do well. So um, we've got to adjust in the game if they find something or think that there's something that uh, schematically is good against us that we haven't worked against. We're going to have to adjust on the fly a little bit. Um, Certainly that side of the ball, they've had lots of big plays and scored lots of points.
1: How about this? The winner of Friday's game gets rewarded with a trip to the district playoffs and, oh, yeah, a meeting with top-ranked Eastside Catholic next week.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's good. That'd be a tough one. For you, you
1: worry about that one next week. Yeah. Just a matter of of getting there first. Right. That is our nightcap game at Edmonds District Stadium, Ferndale, taking on Meadowdale 745 with the pregame for a scheduled 8 o'clock kickoff. And there you have it, not one but two games of the week at www.onthedln.com. The Doug Lang Network coming up on Friday. That means it's almost time to wrap it all up, but we'd be remiss if we didn't get to three questions. And our dogs, Cougs, and Seahawk picks, they're all coming up next right here on the Cover 3 podcast on the Doug Lang Network. Hi, I'm Doug Lang. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Doug Lang Network. We're happy to present this audio stream and hope you enjoy it. If you're looking for great local sports content like scores, news stories, photos, interviews, blogs, videos, and more, then check us out online at www.onthedln.com. It's the online home of the Doug Lang Network, complete with social media links to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Local voice, local teams, local roots. The Doug Lang Network, online at onthedln.com. One,
0: two, three. Hooray!
1: Welcome back to it. Ah, yes. You know what that means. One, two, three. It's time for three questions here on the Cover Three podcast as we put a wrap on things in episode number nine. Doug Lang along with Tyler Anderson. We wish Jeff was here, but he was unable to join us for the early Wednesday taping of this week's podcast. We'll make up for it with not quantity, but maybe quality. We'll try with our questions. Plus, our picks for UW, Wazoo, and the Seahawks still to come. I've got the questions. Tyler looks nervous. We'll jump into it. All right. Tyler, if you could change your name, what would you go with? Have you ever thought about changing your name? And if so, what would you go with? I've never thought about changing my name. Never? Not once? No. Ever?
2: Ever. Okay. Um... But when I started writing for the Herald, I always wanted that. I always wanted it to have my full name, ah, and because my middle name is Dean, ah, and so okay. I wanted to give homage to my dad, Dean Anderson. Very nice. So I want. So I thought maybe, if anything, maybe go by my middle name, oh, for, because of him. Yeah. Um.
1: But um, isn't that uh, isn't that kind of a uh, kind? Of, you guys stole that from MacGyver, Richard Dean Anderson. That's the weird thing. I was yeah. almost named Richard. Ooh. I was almost go. named See? Richard. So uh-huh.
2: um, that would have been. I would have been MacGyver.
1: And, and you can also make, ai a, don't know, a helicopter out of a, a wrench, uh, some uh, ball bearings, three-in-one oil, and some Band-Aids of like course. MacGyver. No Perfect. Right. I like it. Yeah. Would you like us to call you Tyler Dean Anderson during the broadcast?
2: You can if you like to. Well, yeah.
1: now, challenge accepted. <laughs> uh, I will tell you that many, 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 many years ago in radio, because lots of people in radio don't go by their real names... Um and sometimes it's really weird when you find out what the real names are, um or people like I, there was a guy that like I'm gonna turn it around but I think like I, that I worked with it was like Steve Jones but he then decided to change it to like Steve Smith or Steve Smith changed it to Steve Jones. What's the point? Like, yeah. Why? Why? Why bother? Anyway, right. um but uh, so. Some guy that I was working with, this is, I mean, we're talking almost 30 years ago. It's like, you know what would be cool is if you change your name, you just reverse Because a lot of people use their middle name, and I wasn't going with that, but right. just change it. Just reverse it. Go, go, Lang Douglas, man. That just sounds cool. Hey, good morning. It's Lang Douglas. Lang Douglas. Yeah, I didn't do that, and I never asked that guy for any advice ever, ever again. Uh, I was gonna be named Kurt, uh, but they went with Doug instead. Uh, it should be an easy name, but quite often it is not. Uh, a zillion years ago, uh, I had a a, a a girlfriend who whose family bought me a gift for Christmas, and they handed me the package, and it said to Doug, D O U G H. <laughs> Um, um. That that's doe.
3: <laughs>
1: that that's doe. And you think that you, that's funny? You think there'd be money inside? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you think that's funny? Like it's an oddity. I still have a J Crew uh f- like mailer that comes to me. I don't know every couple months that is is addressed to Doe Lang. Oh. Still,
3: still to this oh, day, Doe do do Lang. Me. Yes.
1: <laughs> I've also uh, tried to uh, book a an airline flight one time. I uh, can't remember which airline, but I said, yeah, yeah, it's uh, Doug Lang. And he said, he's the guy on the other end, said, said uh, Doug, D-U-G? Yeah, <laughs> D-U-G, man. <laughs> the word. Yeah, yeah dig Doug, <laughs> like the game. Right. I'm, I just, no, uh, not good. No. Not good. <laughs> uh, I didn't even want to get into the time when I was also at the airport uh, trying to get uh, some uh, clam chowder at uh, Ivers. And I'm the only guy there. I'm the only guy there. My lovely wife is there. I've just ordered. It's like three minutes later, and the guy says, uh, yeah. Chowder, looking around. There's only me standing there. Chowder looks at whatever he's written. Dong. Is it Dong? (laughs) Dong. Uh, Do you mean Doug? Yeah, I think so. Could be Doug. God. Uh, Anyway. So, I'm sticking with it, but uh, man, I don't know. All right. Moving on. Question two. What TV show would you like to see updated like you know how like mm-hmm. they have the, like the Connors now where you see them all and minus Roseanne uh, you got Murphy Brown you know at, at like right. 107 uh, Will and Grace too right yeah uh, what would you like to see updated which one would you hate to see a modern version of?
2: Wow. Um, These aren't easy questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Uh, You know what would be pretty cool? Yeah. I think maybe that 70s show, and it could be that 90s show now, because they're all about 20, you know what I'm saying? I think it'd be kind of cool to work that in. Right. Um,
1: You thinking Kelso is still a cop?
2: Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, And... uh,
1: you just want Mila Kunis to come back, don't you? Well, you yeah. know what
2: can yeah. I say? There we go. I want to see Red Foreman. Actually, uh-huh. he was great. Um,
1: <laughs> Doug, is it D U G? Doug.
2: Anyway, yeah. And the, no. the show I would not want to see is the Cosby Show right now. No, from, no. Right.
1: Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean,
2: I loved the Cosby Show as a kid. I would not want to see a remake now.
1: No, sorry, absolutely not. We don't need any of that filth and floor and floor and filth. Yeah, right. no, no jello pudding here. Uh, TV show I would like to see updated um, good times uh, good times with uh, JJ I know a few of them have, I don't know if a few I know uh, uh, Florida the mom has passed um, but I, I think James Amos the dad who just looked tough although they may have had him pass away in the storyline. I'd like him to come back at least as a ghost. But I want to know what JJ's still doing, Uh, Michael, uh, Thelma. I I want to know. And I'd like them to bring back, this is going to date me, it's such an old show, Penny, who was uh, Janet Jackson, her first acting gig was as the neighbor. Penny... Ah oh, man, I'm telling you, uh, what I would hate to see a modern version of the Golden Girls. Uh, oh, yeah. okay, <laughs> Golden <laughs> Girl. Let's, <laughs> let's yes, let's be clear. The Golden Girls wasn't funny; it was creepy then. It would be horrible now. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not being an octogenarian, maybe once I am, I'll love to tell dirty stories like Rue McClanahan did, but is there anything creepier than thinking about them doing what they were saying they were doing? Thank no. You for being no. Friend. no. Thank you for doing that with a closed door and the lights off and I can't hear it. God, I'm turning my hearing aid down. Oh, Yuck. No. Do not. Anyway. Alright. Moving on. <clears throat> Finally, in three questions. Best costume, worst costume for Halloween? Just in general or what I've worn or anything? Just in general, it can be what you've worn. Oh yep. man. You know,
2: at work I'm kind of known as the costume guy. Okay. I usually dress as a co-worker or as the some higher up in the like the president right. of the company. Yes. Um Oh man. You know, I saw once a really great costume. It was just a white shirt with a bunch of those little miniature cereal boxes all over it. Right. Oh. And there was like knives all over it and blood coming down. Serial killer. Serial killer. It was great. It was simple. Nice. But it was thoughtful. I thought that was pretty good. Nice. Worst costume. Oh man. It, it's usually if if you see some older kid yeah. that's trick-or-treating sure. that's a teenager. Yeah.
1: Just and, the bed sheet with eye holes. Right. Yeah. I
2: mean, man, they're just getting on. candy. I mean yeah. you're not putting any work no. into that. No. I hate
1: no, that. No, You're, Or a guy just walking on his tiptoes going as his older, taller brother. No, uh, that, that's not a costume. Yeah. That's just you walking on your tiptoes. Right. Uh, okay. Best costume. There's a zillion best costumes out there. But the one I was the most proud of, of, like the best work that I went into, like I did, was for about about a five-year stretch, I was just everything bald. I was a Hare Krishna. Uh, I, I can't even remember. I, I, but... I was just different bald guys just because I had a bald cap and I really enjoyed it. I was a, a monk, uh, but I did... Um, Dr. Uh, Evil? I wasn't Dr. <laughs> Evil, but I did Gandhi one year. And you can't you can't mess around when you're Gandhi. Like, that's a serious the sorry and the whole thing and all that. But we went to a local pub. I won't give out the name. And it was like the like the day before like the Saturday because Halloween was on a Sunday but everybody was going out oh it'll be great we're all dressed up and my buddy's a lumberjack and one of my other buddies is a cat burglar you know and just all black and the you know and stocking cap and everything well, we got in there no one is dressed up <laughs> no one is dressed up at all and slowly as we're sitting at the table even the, the, the women that we were with who all had moderate costumes were slowly like taking the pieces of their costume off to be normal it doesn't work when you're Gandhi. Okay, you're go- You're like, uh, yeah, I'll have a hefe of ice in. No. Needless mm, to say, I with. felt horrible, uh. despite the fact that I came up with just a perfect rendition of Gandhi. Uh, worst costume, and I've been very consistent on this over the years. It's any of the emasculating couple costumes that you have to come up with. Okay. Raggedy Ann and Andy is great for Ann. It's horrible for Andy, okay? He just looks bad. The M&Ms, plain and peanuts, I think we get it, but it's still not funny, and there's no way that you can be cool during the night. And I saw a new one to add to it. It was peanut butter and jelly. (laughs) As you're going like the different pieces of toast. I'm sorry. You stay at home. You stay at home. You watch uh, the Lifetime Network, okay? Because Catch some Golden Girls? Yes, catch some Golden Girls. You No, no, that's just bad. Bad, bad moves. Plain and simple. Well, there you have it. Hopefully you feel you know just a little bit more about us with three questions. All righty. You know what that means. It's almost time to wrap it all up. Hey, that's not it. It's almost time to wrap it up.
0: That's the Cover 3 podcast 2-Minute Warning here on the Doug Lang Network.
1: That is the 2-Minute Warning, which means it's time for us to get on out of here, but not before we pick the games upcoming here. First for the Dogs. They'll play at 3.30 at Cal. Dogs 15th in the nation. Who you got, Tyler? Yeah, I got to go with the Huskies. I just... I don't know enough
2: about Cal, but the Huskies, I know they're ranked 15th. So
1: Yeah, Cal's not good. Uh, The Huskies didn't look great and won against Colorado. I think they bounce back and win this one rather decisively. Now the tricky one. I can't remember if it's 4 or 4.30. Number 14 Wazoo at number 24 Stanford after an epic victory over Oregon. College game day at Pullman. How do they do? Wow.
2: Oh, man. Every time I pick against Wazoo, they, they win. So I'm gonna go with Wazoo this time. Really? Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, I did pick Wazoo last week. Fear the mustache. Uh, this has all the setup for going sideways. They were so pumped yeah. last year. Eight million people showed up in Pullman. Uh, gonna be on the road. I, nah. I, I David Shaw and company win this one by uh, by three. Seahawks at Detroit, early Sunday. Oh man.
2: The Seahawks have been doing good. I think, that, I think they're going to do it. I, I like Detroit's defense a lot, but they're too
1: inconsistent, so I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Seahawks win this one. Detroit leads for all but the final two minutes and 43 seconds Ooh, of the game. That's just go. the way it happens with Detroit all the time. Seahawks end up winning this one by seven. That'll do it for us. we got to get on out of here. Doubleheader coming up on Friday. Blaine, Mount Lake Terrace, Ferndale, Meadowdale. It all begins at 445 on the Doug Lang Network at www.onthedln.com. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening along to the Cover 3 podcast. Thanks for
3: listening
0: to the Cover 3 podcast. Download and listen each week on iTunes, TuneIn.com, Stitcher Radio, and online at OnTheDLN.com. Whatcom County Prep Football fans, we've got you covered on the Doug Lang Network.